Welcome to Hope City Online. It's so good to see you today. and We hope you're going to be blessed by the message today. If you do enjoy our sermons, then why don't you press the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss out on any one of our sermons. We upload them every single week. And if you want to give to us today, there is a link to donate in the description. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the message. Hey everyone, it's so great to be able to speak to you today. Uh, I've got a message for you which I believe is going to touch your heart. I'm believing that Holy Spirit is going to speak to you today in a powerful way. And so get your Bible out, get ready, get a notepad uh, because God is going to invade your life. Well, not even invade, but He's going to come in and He's going to touch you today. So turn with me to Psalm chapter 78 verse 41. Psalm 78, verse 41. God has a word for you today. Again and again, it says, they put God to the test. They limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power the day He redeemed them from the oppressor. This Psalm is talking about the Israelites when they came out of Egypt and into the wilderness, God redeemed them from the oppressor. God set a whole nation free from the Egyptians, the most powerful nation on the earth at that time. So think about that, the power it took for God to bring a whole nation out of slavery into the wilderness. And Israel, they're in the wilderness. And this scripture tells us that again and again, they put God to the test and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Think about that. You know, most people wouldn't think that we can limit God. God is all powerful. God is almighty. He can do whatever He wants, right? But this scripture clearly says that we can limit God. Israel, they limited God. And one of the main ways they did this, and this is what I'm going to preach on today, was when they went to spy out the promised land. God took them out of Egypt, through the wilderness, to the promised land, the land of Canaan. And they got to this land and the 12 spies went in and we see that 10 of them limited God. And this is what I want to preach on today. I want to show you how to take the limits off God, right? If a whole nation, if a whole nation, if humanity can limit God, if Israel could limit God, even though they saw everything He did for them, well, that tells me that there's areas in my life there's areas in our lives today uh, in, in for those who are listening where we limit God. See, we can limit God. Second Corinthians chapter six, Paul understood this. The apostle Paul, he said he was a co-worker. He was God's co-worker. And that's really interesting. He didn't say that God was his boss, though God was his boss, right? But he says it in this dynamic that we are God's co-workers. So this is amazing. We are a co-worker. God he requires partnership to get the job done on earth. I love that. God requires partnership. And this can come up. This can hit up against some people's belief systems. And this may be a bit of a challenging word for people. But we need to learn to take the limits off God. Let's be a people who take the limits off God, off who God is, right? God, see, there's a teaching on the doctrine of God, which I believe goes too far. There's a teaching about the sovereignty of God, right? And yes, God is all sovereign. Yes, He's the one who is king, that the, the, uh, heaven is His throne 
and the earth is his footstool, right? God rules and reigns as king over all the earth, over every creature, over every living thing. He is sovereign in that way. But think about this. God has given man free will. God has called us to be co-workers, co-laborers with him. If God was in control of everything, which is what most people put to as the sovereignty of God, that he's in control of everything, we would see in this scripture that Israel would have gone straight into the promised land. They wouldn't have had to spend another roughly 38 years in the wilderness. If God was in control of everything, there wouldn't be all this evil happening in the world. And so God is in control in the sense that he is king, he is mighty, he is ruler over all the earth and he has an amazing plan and he is all powerful. But he is not in control of like, he is not a manipulating, controlling God. He's given us free will and that means we can limit him, right? But that's very freeing for us. And I want to teach on this today because this is incredibly freeing because if I know that I'm the problem, then that means that God's not the problem, which is good. If God's the problem, if God's the one holding back from us, then we've got issues. But God is never the one who's holding back. He's lavished His love upon us. He wants us to be a people who are mighty in God, like the Israelites, to be a people who come out of the wilderness, who bang, go straight into the promises, who occupy the power and the promises and the goodness of God in our lives. That is God's desire for us. He is a good Father, amen, and He's not holding back from us. So that's incredibly freeing. I'm the problem and you're the problem. That's a good thing, all right, because that means we can change. I can change, you can change. And we're going to look at how to do that today, right? And so I want to look at this scripture. I want to look at this passage in Numbers 13. This is a really powerful passage. And just before I do, I remember God spoke to me about this just the other week while I was thinking about what to preach on, spending time with the Lord. And, uh, and I remember I was walking throughout my day and I saw this lady, right, and she had a knee problem. And I remember thinking, you know, I was busy and all this stuff. And I remember thinking in my heart, well, Lord, yes, I feel to pray for her, but we'll, you know, all right, I'll just pray for her. And it was more out of an obligation, right? How, you know how we can do that sometimes? How we can pray just out of an obligation and we're not really expectant. And so I went and I, I spent time with that lady and, and it was great. I got to talk to her about Jesus, but I came out of that and I, and I realized God, you know, I realized that I just limited God. You know, I just limited what God could do, right? I wasn't expectant in my heart. I was thinking, Lord, you know, I came out of that really apologising to God, realising I limited you, God. You know, you wanted to use me in that time and I limited you. And so let's be a people who take the limits off God. Amen. Let's be a people who just go for it and let's learn how to do that today. So Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, this is the spies. They're going into the promised land, right? And God's called Moses. He said, take 12 leaders from the nation of Israel, from the tribes and go and spy out the land and bring back a report. So the leaders come back and uh, they're saying, well, yeah, the land's flowing with milk and honey. There's all this provision for us, right? And this is where we pick it up from. Then Caleb, so Caleb was one of the spies, one of the leaders. He silenced the people before Moses and he said, we should go up and take possession of the land. I love Caleb. I love his enthusiasm. Let's be like Caleb, amen. We should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, 
The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there, they were of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, right? Uh, big giants, that's who the Nephilim were. They believe that Goliath was from the Nephilim. And uh, these Nephilim were the descendants of Anak who, come, uh, who, who, who came through the land. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. So we see that these 12 spies, they've come out of the land. Two of them come out. This was, this was uh, Caleb and Joshua. And they have a great report. They said, man, we can take this land. We can take it on. Yes, there's these nations. There's these 12, uh, there's these, uh, sorry, there's these seven nations in the land, but we can do it. We've got God, amen. Then the 10 spies, these other 10 spies, they have a completely different report and they limited God. Two spies said, God can do it. He's on our side and he's going to move through us. 10 spies, they limited God. They said, no, we can't do it. It's not possible. And what happens out of this is that Israel had to spend an extra, 30, uh, an extra 28 years, or sorry, it was 38 years, that's right, in the wilderness. I mean, talk about, you know, missing it, right? And this is the important power of our thoughts and our sight and how we can limit God, right? We want to be a people who take the promised land. We want to be a people who live in the power of God, who, who take the limits off Him. And so it's with our thoughts and our sight, like these 10 spies, that we limit God. It's also with our thoughts and our sight that we take the limits off God. Amen. Come on. You know, I'm sure these 10 spies, I'm sure they thought they were doing God a favour and I'm sure they thought they were doing the whole nation a favour. Guys, we're not going to make it. There's giants in the land. There's all these problems, all these issues. We just can't do it, right? I'm sure they thought they were doing the nation a favour. In reality, they weren't. It was the two spies who were. And so I want to encourage you today that even as we look at this year, how are you looking at this year? See, it amazes me that we can have one situation and two completely different perspectives. Are you looking at this year with your own life and your family and what God is doing and what's happening in the nation? Are you looking at it like the 10 spies, it's impossible. Let's shrink back. Let's just go into survival mode. Let's stay out in the wilderness. Let's not pursue. Uh, let's not go after this. Let's not speak about God in this time. You know, people might get upset. You know, I was going to go after this God, but now, you know, maybe I've got this issue in my job, so I better shrink back. I better not do it, Lord. You know, how often can we limit God like these 10 spies, Right. So are you looking at yourself and your life right now like the 10 spies or like the two spies, right? The two spies had an incredibly different perspective. They took the limits off God. Amen. And so I want to encourage you with this today. Let's take the limits off God like the two spies. Amen. You have an amazing call upon your life like the Israelites. God wants to move through your life. In, a complete, in an amazing way, in a powerful way. He wants you moving in His anointing, in His favour, in His ability, in His wisdom, in His promises, in the mind of Christ. He wants you functioning like Jesus, taking the limits off. Amen. And so let's look at how to do this. Because the first thing we see is that the spies, the 10 spies, they limited God by what they were thinking, Right. So here's the first thing, if you're taking notes, the first way we take the limits off God is that we think God's thoughts. We think 
God's thoughts, right? I know that sounds simple, but it's so true. We need to begin to think God's thoughts. So Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is the pleasing, good and perfect will of God or the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. This scripture, so many people know this scripture, but I'm going to challenge you today. Do you know it? Because if you know it, you would live it out. We would live it out completely if we know it. This is an incredibly powerful scripture. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. There is a way of thinking that we call the world system, right? This is what the 10 spies were functioning in. They were thinking exactly like the world would think. We can't do it. It's too dangerous. You know, fear of failure, fear of man. Uh, you know, what if God doesn't come through for us? What if we come up against this army? It doesn't happen. You know, it, we can do that all the time. We think like the world's think, you know, don't give, don't give financially to the church, don't give to other people, hoard everything for yourself. It's all about you, right? That's the pattern of this world. But the scripture says, be transformed, right? And how do we be transformed? By the renewing of our minds, the renewing of our minds, right? Firstly, I want to focus on transform. That word transform is the Greek word metamorpho. And it is exactly the same word that is used for when Jesus took the three disciples, Peter, James and John, up onto the mountain and He was transfigured, He was transformed before them and the glory of God, His clothes shone white, His face was emanating the glory of God. It was an outward transformation of the glory of God in the life of Jesus in that moment. And this is exactly the same word that the writer is using in this passage. Be transformed, right? So transformation, it starts on the inside, but transformation for God always brings His glory onto the outside of us, right? That's incredible. Transformation from God always brings His glory onto the outside of us. So how do I know that there's a transformation in my life? It starts inwardly and then the glory of God begins to flow through my life and it becomes an outward transformation of His glory. His glory is His opinion, His truth, His power and the fullness of Jesus in our lives. Amen. And how are we transformed? Well, I find this really interesting because it doesn't say spend a heap of time, you know, uh, in worship, in the presence of God. That's amazing. Please do that. Um, it doesn't say, uh, you know, spend heaps of time praying and do all this stuff. You know, even though that's amazing, please do that. Uh, it says you are transformed. The glory of God begins to shine through you by the renewing of your mind. That is amazing. Your mind is amazing and God wants you to begin to think His thoughts so that you will be transformed. You know, uh, in Proverbs 23 verse 7, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. That is an incredibly important principle. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Anything that is in my heart, in my mind, so my heart and mind is interchangeable usually in the Bible when the writer is using those words. Anything that is in my heart and my mind, anything in there as I think in there, so it will be in my life. It begins to become an outward manifestation. These 10 spies, they were thinking fear and they projected that onto the whole nation. The two spies, they were thinking in faith, amen, and they projected faith onto a whole nation. What a shame that the nation didn't listen to them, yeah? But that's the power of our mind and our heart. And uh, you know, what does this look like in our lives? 
You know, every single morning, this is what it looks like because I want to make this really plain and simple for you. Every single morning I get up in the morning, I have brekkie and I read the Word. You know, I'm having my toast and, and uh, well, I used to have a coffee, not anymore. I just have my toast and water and I read the Word. I get into the Word of God. I spend just a little bit of time with Jesus. I let Holy Spirit speak to me and I'm reading the Word. I'm reading Ephesians. Uh, you know, I'm reading the God. See, Ephesians shows me who I am. The amazing revelation from Paul. I'm reading the Gospels to show me what's possible, that what's possible when I live by faith. Um, you know, I'm reading Galatians and Colossians and I'm reading all these scriptures. I'm reading the Old Testament stories of the prophets and the kings to see what God did in their lives. And that's renewing my mind. That's shifting my thoughts. You know, when there's days where, you know, because that gets me prepared for the day, right? There's days where I'm facing things, you know, where you face discouragement or hopelessness, all these things that can happen in our life. And there's these days where it can get into your mind and you begin living in unbelief and fear and worry like those 10 spies. And so the renewal of our mind is so important that we get into the Word of God. Amen. I would put it to you today that a lot of our spiritual warfare is actually between the ears, right? It, wasn't, it didn't take a demon for the 10 spies to bring, bring back a bad report. It took their mind. And, you know, I'm saying spiritual warfare is legitimate. You know, there's things that happen in the spirit realm, um, demons coming against us, you know, things that the devil is doing. But I can guarantee you that God is more focused on your mind than you warring against the devil. God is more focused on you thinking his thoughts. Amen. God is more not. Here's an amazing revelation. It's an amazing revelation for me and for you. God is more focused on changing what you're thinking rather than changing your outer world. Because he knows that when you change what you're thinking, all of a sudden your outer world will begin to change. All of a sudden the transformation will appear. His glory will begin to flow through your life. Amen. And so we get into the truth of God's word. We get into the truth of God's word. Soak your mind in the truth of God's word. This is so important. In Revelation 7, it talks about this. It talks about the seal of God, right? In Revelation 7, this is really interesting, the book of Revelation. And it talks about that there's this seal that God puts on the forehead of His, of His servants and this seal causes them to overcome. In Scripture, whenever we see the forehead, it's a picture of our thoughts. It's a picture of our minds. So the prophets, God made the prophet's forehead like flint, right? He made it like flint so that the words of the enemy, when it came against him, it wouldn't penetrate his mind. So the forehead is a picture of our thoughts. It's interesting that the seal of God is put upon our thoughts and that's what causes us to overcome. It's put upon our mind and it causes us to overcome in the book of Revelation. So I'll put it to you that God is focused on what you are thinking. He wants you to think his thoughts. He wants you to think big. He wants you to get into his truth. See, there is a, there is a truth. There's, I always say there's, it's like there's two truths in the world. There is a greater reality and there is a lesser reality. See, the spies, they didn't bring back a false report. Think about that. The spies, they didn't bring back a false report, but they brought back a bad report. The report they brought back had an element of truth in it. Yes, there were nations greater than them. Yes, it was going to be difficult. Yes, they would have to face some challenges. But it was a bad report, listen up, because it wasn't God's report. There is a greater reality. There is a greater truth. Amen. And that is in God's Word. You will only ever find it in His Word and revealed to you when you spend time with Holy Spirit. Amen. See, and there's people right now, I sense in my heart that there is people 
and you're going through a battle, you're going through warfare and, uh, and there is a truth, but it's a lesser reality. There is a report, but maybe it's the doctor's report. Well, I can tell you right now that that is a lesser reality. That is a lesser truth. There is a greater reality that trumps the truth of this word, of this world, and that is God's word. That is His written word and His spoken word. Amen. So maybe you've got a doctor's report about your health. That is a, re- that, that is a truth, right? But it's not the final report. Are you listening to God's report? Are you focusing on what God is saying? See, whatever you give your attention to is whatever you will empower. And you can either give your attention to the devil and empower him, or you can give your attention to God and empower his word in your life. Amen. So I encourage you for those people I felt in my heart that you're going through a battle at the moment. I encourage you to focus on the greater truth. The truth of God trumps the truth of this world. The truth of God was that these spies would take, these spies would come back and that the Israelites would take the land. But the 10 spies didn't want to believe it. They allowed a lesser reality to come into their thought life and it kept a whole nation back from taking their promised land. And let that not be our story. Amen. Let's not focus on the doctor's report. Let's not focus on the lesser reality, but let's grab the word of the Lord and take the limits off God. Let's begin to think his thoughts. Amen. Let's think his thoughts. The spiritual warfare is often the devil trying to get us to stop thinking the thoughts of God. He knows when we begin to think God's thoughts, we will begin to overcome. So you get God's word says in 1 Peter 2.24 that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing, that Jesus was made poverty in the Gospels. It says he was made poverty so that I would become rich. And Paul says that in Corinthians. So we get that and we put it in our hearts and our minds. Amen. This is so important. And, uh, and I just want to highlight some things right here. We can have these thoughts that limit us. Think of these thoughts, right? We can have these thoughts. You know, I don't move in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not good at praying. You know, uh, God favours other people over me. You know, I don't have the faith for it. I've done too many wrong things. Um, You know, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'll never have enough money for that. They are all thoughts that limit God. They're all thoughts that limit God. And so I want to encourage you, soak your mind in the truths of God's Word this week. Begin to think like God and God, His transformation will come into your life. Amen. So we think God's thoughts. And the second thing we see here, I want to show you this second, this second point is really important. In Numbers 13, chapter 13, verse 32, it says, And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. So this is the 10 spies, right? About the land they explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw were of great size. We saw the Nephilim, the descendants of Anak. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. There was a lot of we's in that and not a whole lot of God, right? There was a lot of we in that and not not a lot of God. You know, in this scripture, it's six times they say that we see, we saw, we looked. Six we know is the number of man. These spies were completely looking in, in their own natural sight, right? And see, the second thing to taking the limits off God is that we begin to capture God's vision. We begin to see like God. So we think like God and then we see like God. Amen. These spies, they were all seeing through, except the two, they were all seeing through man's natural sight. The land's too hard. It's too difficult. We can't do it. They're seeing in the natural. We need to learn to begin to see like God. We need to capture God's vision for our life to take the limits off Him. 
Amen. You know, in the Hebrew, that word vision mean, is the word ra. Uh, the, or sorry, the word see in Hebrew is the word ra. And it means to perceive or envision. So vision, when God talks about vision, it's not just our natural sight, but it's what we're seeing in our minds. What we're seeing in our minds is talking about our imagination. Our vision is so incredibly important. You know, God values your vision. He wants you to carry His vision for your life, just like these two spies were. And often we're not capturing the vision of God for our life. And so we're living at a lower level. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse or 29, sorry, verse 18, it says, without vision, the people perish. In other words, its vision is so incredibly important. If I don't have vision, it means I'm going to struggle to reign in life. I'm going to struggle to take the limits off God. We need to be a people of big vision. Amen. And I want to show you how to do this. So God, He comes to Joshua, right? This is a, a generation later. And the Israelites, God wants them to go into the land. This generation has, the other generation has died off and, the, and God comes to Joshua and says, you need to lead this nation into the land. And what does He say to Joshua? He says, this book of the law in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything. Uh, you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will be a success. That's amazing, isn't it? That God says, Joshua, if you want to take this land, if you want to take the limits off me, you need to get into the book of the law and you will be making your way prosperous. You will be making your way successful. That's the partnership, right? It, God didn't say, I will make your way prosperous, but it was you, right? So God gives us His vision. God gives us His Word and it's our job to take it and make our way prosperous and successful by meditating upon it. You know that word meditation in Hebrew, it's the same word for imagining and perceiving. God wants us to take, to capture His vision and His Word and to use our imagination to see ourselves the way He sees us. These 10 spies weren't seeing themselves or the nation of Israel or the land of Canaan and the other nations like God was seeing it. They were seeing it in their own natural sight. So God wants us to grab His, He wants us to get His Word. He wants us to get His vision for our life, spending time with Holy Spirit, letting Holy Spirit speak to us and breathing upon our imagination. Amen. God wants us to be a Spirit-inspired people who dream big and think big. Think about this in Acts chapter 2, verse 7. It says the Holy Spirit, this is the last days that we're living in, and it was fulfilled with the apostles in Acts chapter 2, verse 7. It says the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all flesh. And what did He do? It says He was poured out upon all flesh to bring dreams, to bring prophecy and to bring visions. Amen. Dreams, visions and prophecy are the language of the Spirit. And where do they all occur? They all occur in our imagination. They all occur. It's all about the way we see, right? It's all about the way we're seeing ourselves and our life in our imagination. That's the language of the Spirit, dreams, visions and prophecy. Now, I know we can have an open vision and things like that, but these all stem from the Spirit of God. Amen. And so I want to encourage you with this, that Paul's prayer in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, his prayer in Ephesians was that, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And in a lot of translations, you see the eyes of your heart means your imagination. And I want to encourage you with this today, that God 
has given you your imagination. It is a powerful weapon. And you take your imagination and it is a vehicle. Your imagination is like a TV screen. It's neither good nor bad. It's whatever you are playing on it. And whatever you play on your imagination is what will begin to give birth in your life. Think of your imagination as like a spiritual womb, right? And so we are a spirit-inspired people. It comes from our spirit. God gives us a vision. He, he, as we spend time with Him and we spend time in His Word, He gives us vision and we get our, His Word into our imagination. And then our imagination is like a womb that begins to cultivate that. And sooner or later, it has to give birth in our life. Amen. That's the power of our imagination. We are all meditating upon something. We are all imagining something like these 10 spies. You know, it could be with your job or your relationship or your marriage. You're meditating upon maybe the issues you have, how wrong everything is going, worry. It produces worry and fear and anxiety. You may as well meditate upon what God says. Amen. You may as well meditate upon the word of the Lord, upon his vision. The amazing thing in this passage, as we go back to Numbers 13 to finish, right? The amazing thing in this passage is God said in Numbers chapter 13, verse 2, he said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. That's before they went in. God, in God's mind, it was already done. He'd already given them the land. Send the men into the land, which I'm giving to them. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the spies' job to say if it was possible or not. It was just their job to report on what the land was like. And so these 10 spies, they didn't capture God's vision. They, God had said to Moses, I'm giving you this land and the spies go in, but they're meditating and they're imagining and they're seeing themselves and the land the wrong way. And, and the two spies, they go in, they've got God's vision. God's giving us this land, it's ours, right? And they're seeing the land in a whole different way. And I want to encourage you with this, that we can be like the 10 spies or the two spies with our imagination. We can be seeing ourselves and the situations we're in completely the wrong way. We can be seeing it and our, and our vision can be wrong and we can be seeing it with fear and anxiety and worry with maybe it's a health problem, a financial issue. Or we can be seeing it in God's eyes, with God's sight. Amen. And that's so amazing. Paul says, that the way we do this in Ephesians 1.18 is that we let Holy Spirit breathe upon our imagination. He enlightens our imagination. God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 that we meditate upon God's Word. We meditate upon the Word of the Lord. We get His Word into our, imagine, our imagination. Amen. We begin to see like God. Your imagination is a powerful tool that God has given you to produce vision in your life and to see like Him. Amen. And I'll finish on this last thought. God's vision brings the right size of God and the right size of the devil to our lives. His vision brings the right size of Him and the right size of the devil to our lives. You know, these spies, they carried the wrong vision. It created a really big devil and a little God. The two spies carried God's vision. They saw like God did. They captured God's vision. They let Holy Spirit inspire them. They got God's Word into their mind and meditated and thought about it and paid attention to it throughout the day. And all of a sudden, they're, they're taking the limits off God and it's a very small devil now and a really big God. Amen. Our imagination is so incredibly important. You know, when I was a runner, I'll finish on this testimony that when I was a runner, I used to run and it wasn't my fear of failure that got me going. 
It wasn't the fact that, you know, well, you know, I, I just wanted to get fit or all this stuff. What pushed me through the pain of running? What made me get home at night and, and it was pitch black in winter and raining and go out and do a 15K run? It was the vision of what I could be. God was giving me a glimpse of what I could be as a runner, as an athlete. And that's what pushes us through the pain. Vision gives our pain a purpose and your pain may be, it's the challenge. You know, it's the challenge of taking the land. It was gonna be challenging for the spies. It was gonna be challenging for the Israelites, but it was the vision that gave them purpose. It was the vision that causes them to push, that causes us to push through the pain, amen. And so I wanna encourage you, spend time, make yourself available to Jesus this week. Make yourself available to God. Spend time with Him. Let Him breathe upon your imagination. You can't afford not to. We need vision. We need God's sight in our lives. We need to see like Him. Amen. And we do that by getting into His Word, letting it get into our spiritual womb, our imagination, and then letting it flow through our lives. I used to, uh, you know, I was going through a time where I was praying for people on the streets and I still do. And I remember I wasn't seeing anything. I felt like God, people, you know, people aren't getting healed. Not much is happening, right? And God told me this. He gave me this revelation. He said, Dean, you need to begin to see yourself laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. And some of us need to begin seeing ourselves like that. We need to start as when you begin seeing it in your mind and your imagination, that's when it begins to manifest in your life. So I would literally see myself laying hands on the sick when I'm spending time with God. So let me pray for you as we close. And I encourage you this week, make yourself available to take the limits off God. Think His thoughts and capture His vision. So I thank you, Father. I thank you for every single person right now who is listening. And I decree right now that you are the God of possibility. I declare over every person right now, Father, I ask, show them what is possible in their life. Thank you that you are a God of breakthrough. And I decree over them right now in Jesus' name that their mind is blessed, that their heart is blessed and that their eyes are blessed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, bring dreams and visions to your people this week. And I decree that you are taking the limits off God this week in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Have a blessed week, church. Thank you for watching Hope City Online. We really hope you were blessed by the message today. And if God's spoken to you, why don't you leave us a comment? We would love to hear from you. If you do enjoy our messages, you can press the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss any one of our sermons. And if you want to give to us today, the link is in the description. Otherwise, we'll see you next time.